And what's up, Colonel fans? Welcome to another episode of Kicking It with the Colonels. Today, we're kicking it on the tee box with women's golf. First will be head coach Mandy Moore, and then we'll have two of her big swingers later on. Coach, first off, welcome to the show. Thanks, David. Thanks for having me. Hey, anytime. You guys have been crushing it, literally. On the, on the links, we have, what, six events this year, five top ten finishes, a couple uh, three first-place finishes, and a second-place finish. Just talk about how the team has been playing this year. Yeah, I mean, I knew this summer that we were going to have a talented group, but the way they've played this fall has been quite impressive. They keep impressing me more and more all the time, and uh, to have three team wins is uh, more than I could have asked for to start the season. It's been it's been fun. What has impressed you the most about the squad this year? Um. I've had some I've coached some good teams in the past and we have a very talented group but I think what sets this team apart is their camaraderie and the way they treat each other, support each other, push each other to keep improving. I think that has been the difference maker for us so far. Breaking records. I mean you guys have been like just single round records, overall 54 hole records. Is that something you even thought of as the year started? Um, I, I check the record book <laughs> occasionally just to see what's on there, but um, it was kind of fun that first tournament. The, the team knew what the, the single round record was and the 36 hole record and the 54 hole record, and they, were, they set out to beat it that first, very first tournament. So it was fun to to watch them want to do it and then accomplish it, and then we just keep keep breaking them, and it's been fun. We I hope this team rewrites the whole book. Man, but the way it's going, it looks like they're about to. Now, this is your second stint-ish with Eastern Kentucky. You were here finishing your graduate degree as an assistant coach. What's it like being back, but now, like, you're in the top chair? <laughs> yeah, well, it's been kind of come full circle, my coaching career. That's what I tell people coming back here because I got my start in coaching here, which I was grateful to be able to have a graduate assistant position at the time for Joni and just learning from her and then being able to come back here and be a head coach and it being somewhere that I went to school but also close to home and where I grew up has been pretty special. I mean, I'm with you. Like, I graduated from here too, so it's kind of super cool, like, giving back to your alma mater for you just your graduate school you played your uh, undergrad at Wake Forest and uh where I found out that right after that you went pro for a little bit like the people need to hear about this <laughs> yeah I was very fortunate to be able to play golf at Wake um I growing up I always kind of thought I would stay close to home to play college and then went and visited Wake and fell in love with it and loved every minute of it and all throughout my well, high school and college, I just thought that I wanted to play professional golf. That's kind of the track I had in mind, and I was kind of on a one-track one mind <laughs> at the time. And I got out there, gave it a shot. Um, the lifestyle wasn't as great as I thought it might be. And um, although I loved golf, I kind of was ready for something different and – um, I'm a super competitive person and still love the game, and coaching was the perfect fit for that, to be able to, to stay involved. And, you know, my college career was so good, I want that same experience for my players. So it's been, it's been a good change. I enjoy it. 
I watch how you handle your team, and I have to say, like, I think you instill that, like, it is still golf, you know, you're here to take it seriously, you know, you're competing at the Division One level, but you seem to provide that fun, you know, that little extra, hey, I'm still out here having fun in a game that now at this level could be extremely stressful. That's something that you try to um, stress, I'm just use stress again, stress to your players, hey, go out there and have fun, but remember, you're still a Division One athlete. Yeah, I think this particular group helps me to be able to have fun. They're a fun group, but I think, you know, yes, we want to play great golf and we want to win tournaments. That's, you know, that's the competitiveness in all of us. We have a very competitive team, but uh, in reality, we're going to have some players that are going to want to turn professional, but we're also going to have several that are wanting to go on and have careers outside of golf. And one thing that I tell our recruits and our current team is, I feel like it's my responsibility to get you ready for whatever comes next. So if you're going to be the best nurse you can be, we're going to prepare you to do that. If you're going to turn pro, we're going to get you ready for that. But, you know, one of the parts that I love about coaching is being able to develop relationships with the players and get to know them. And it's just just been fun to be able to do that and watch them grow from their freshman year to – graduating is is quite the change often oh so. I bet you can just look at uh like their headshots on the roster and just watch how they grow yeah like I've done that with several of our players just in all sports and it's just like man y'all really have and then with like COVID they get in a couple extra years so there's a couple extra pictures and you're like you've really been here seven years already <laughs> so no I mean I like it like I said I like the way that you handle your team it's not your first or you, this isn't your first stint as a head coach though you were head coach at Carson Newman the differences between you know the big chair there and the big chair here oh uh, well when I was at Carson Newman that was my pretty much my first coaching job other than at the GA here and uh to be honest I I Felt like I knew what I was doing, but I was so young, and I, it took me a couple of years to kind of figure out how I wanted to do things. And um, a lot at the the core of it is very similar, you know, you're trying to help them grow as players and people, but um, just a different level and a different kind of expectation for the team and the university. But um, I feel like having been in it for a few years now, I kind of have a better sense of what kind of program I want to have and um, how I want to sort of run things. But uh, that first job definitely taught me a lot. It's your fourth year here at Eastern Kentucky. And when I knew that we were bringing on a new women's golf coach after Mike Whitson transitioned from women's golf to men's golf, and they said, oh, yeah, we're bringing in Mandy Moore. I was like, the singer? (laughs) I didn't even know that she played golf. But then I found out. And has that ever happened to you before? Like people – I mean, not make that assumption, but. Well, it's very easy to remember my name, which is good. Facts. It's a good thing. Um, I'm there, too. I feel like there was one time where I um, was in Pinehurst, which is a pretty popular golf spot, and made a, an appointment for a massage at the spa. And it's kind of a re- fancy place. And I'm pretty sure that they thought that I was going to be somebody else when I showed up. So <laughs> most of the time, it's just like a kind of a joke here and there, like, oh, Mandy Moore. But, um Rarely do people get us confused, unfortunately. I got you. I could see it, though, at the, uh, you know, you're going in for massage. They have, like, all kinds of, like, fancy, you know, sparkly bubbled water and stuff like that. And you're like, they're not her. Hurry up. Switch it out. Just get the regular bottled water. Yeah, they were probably just, oh, it's really not her. (laughs) Bummer. (laughs) Well, I've enjoyed every second of you being here. Like, our offices aren't that far down, so I always enjoy us 
you know, just bebopping around and things like that. Yeah, I always appreciate the uh, the whistling and the humming, and you just never know what song's coming down the hallway. I mean, I try to bring the joy to the office, you know? You got to have it. It's, how, it's a morale booster. Yes. That is how I look at it. Yeah. When you talked about figuring out what kind of program you want, what kind of coach you want to be, through your four years here, your years at Carson Newman, your, assist, your time as an assistant at Tennessee, what do you think the hardest part about coaching is? Um, I would say that probably the hardest part is just getting to, well, getting to know them well enough to where you can coach the individual, I think is the biggest challenge. I think now too, in the last few years, there's been so many more things, it seems like with COVID and everything. So, um, being able to, to juggle all of it while still providing the best opportunity for each individual person, I think, is is a challenge, but also very rewarding when you figure it out. 2019, you were the uh, OVC Coach of the Year. What was that year like, and just what was it like to culminate with that Yeah, it, it was uh, a bit of a surprise, I felt like, and uh, with it being the first year, um, we really wanted to get that team win for the OVC, too, but so that was a little bit of a bummer, but um, just an honor to, you know, to, for the other coaches to think that I was worthy enough for that honor. But it, I mean, wouldn't have even come close to getting it had it not been for our team performance that year. So with the transition that the university made out of the Ohio Valley conference to the A sun, how does that help your program? Uh, it just gives us a next level competition. I think, um, it, it's going to push us to, to keep getting better because we, you know, we, we haven't seen some of those ASUN teams yet this, this fall, but we'll see them in the spring. And um, I think it's just a good motivator for our teams. I mean, as soon as we announced that we were switching to the ASUN, our team was ready to win the ASUN. So uh, they're not scared of it, which I love. And they're, you know, it's been our goal all year to, to get ready for that moment. So it'll be fun to see where we stack up. I know, and you guys do a lot of your traveling around. I mean, Arlington is a fantastic course, but some of the times you're limited with when you guys can play, just the weather here in the bluegrass. Imagine guys are looking forward to go down there and, like, some Florida courses probably help out, yes? Yeah, yeah. We're very fortunate here to – we have, you know, three different places we get to play. uh, Arlington, Boone's Trace, and Gibson, they're all great to us, and – um, but usually once the spring hits our first couple tournaments, we either have to go west or south to get some warm weather. So, um, last year we took a practice trip down a little bit south of here to kind of get on the golf course a little bit more, but we just try to take advantage of our good days that we have in the spring and get as ready as we can to, to compete. Speaking of getting on the course, how often do you play mm. these days? Like as much as you want to, or not as much as you would like to? I None think, at all. <laughs> I think a lot of people think golf coaches play golf all the time. I'm not going to lie. I was – we got two of your ladies here with us. They're like, zero coaches never on the course. Yeah, I don't play as much as I should. Um, I need to get out and play more just to make sure my clubs don't get too many cobwebs on them. <laughs> but um, when we're in season, we're so busy that by the time we're done with practice, I'm usually Spent. ready to go home and hang with my husband and my dog. But um, – but, yeah, I need to get out there in the summer and play a little bit more. When you were playing – more importantly, when you were playing as a pro, 
was your favorite place to play? I mean, I know you're only 11 events. You said like just one tour season. But what was your favorite event to play? Uh, well, my the event that I played the best in was in Wisconsin. Um, but my favorite golf location is probably Pinehurst area, Pine Needles, Mid Pines, the Pinehurst Golf Courses. Uh, I think that's just a, a neat place to, to play golf. A lot of tradition there, which is what I like. Now, transition from your pro to your coaching career. You spent time working at a golf course, yes? Yeah, I had a three-year stint. I was an assistant pro down at Pine Needles, which is the area I was just talking about. Um, but it it was a good stretch, too, because I got to teach a little bit more there, um, which I think has helped me become a better coach. Um, and although I loved that job, it also made me realize how much I liked coaching, too, yeah. which kind of got me back into, back into it. it. But yeah, so it was good. I met a lot of great people, got to do a lot of things that I wouldn't have done in coaching, which is good. Now, for those people who don't know, I'm one of them. I'm not, you know, very knowledgeable when it comes to golf, other than, like, I kind of know how scoring works and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. What does a pro at a course, like, do? Um, it kind of depends on the role. Um, mostly it's managing the golf shop, uh, Making tea time, selling merchandise, okay. uh, giving lessons. Like, you know, if somebody like you that wanted to learn the game, you might go find your local golf pro and start taking lessons. Um, it's a lot of um, – it depends on the club, too. Some have membership, so you're having member events and things like that. So, But then there's also public golf courses where anybody can go play. Um, and it's, there's probably more, like – golf development and teaching at places like that usually so top golf isn't where i need to go to go work on my game uh it's not a bad spot i wish really? i had come up with that uh, idea it's genius actually i think i've been top a couple golf. times it seems i mean it, it, it is 100 percent fun you just grip it and rip it oh yeah yeah it's a great concept but i mean any kind of uh driving range i, I mean i would recommend if you're learning the game to start there and then gradually work your way on the golf course but um, anytime you need a lesson, let me know. I'm mean, asked to say, like, I wouldn't necessarily go find a golf pro. Like, I got you a couple doors down. I'll hit up anyone in your team. Anyone in your team, they're fantastic golfers. Mm -hmm. A lot better than I am. We were joking earlier, and I'll have more fun with the ladies when they come on. What do you want to? What would you like your legacy to be? I know you're just here. You're gonna have a lot of time, but like as a coach, when people say Mandy Moore, what do you want them to be thinking about? I'm getting mm. deep with that one. Yeah, that's that's long term stuff. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm that old yet, but I'm starting to feel it. Um, <laughs> I think for me, my goal for coaching, like I said, is just to to impact these girls in a positive way. Um, I would want somebody to say that I cared about them and they got better, and that I did it the right way. So that's a simple version of the big picture, I think. I like it. You like brand loyal, like your clubs. What are your clubs at home? Do you have a specific set? Or I was Callaway hardcore for a long time, and I still have Callaway Woods, but I have Tylus Irons. That was in, from my stint at Pine Needles. Um, and so if I had to pick one, Callaway's been been good to me for a long time. Okay. Now, for you, were you better off the box? Like, 
the fairway game. I hope I'm saying it right. Like the fairway game, yours, your short game. What's the what's the best part of Coach Moore's golf game? Definitely my short game. I don't hit it very far. Although you can ask Raga later, I did outdrive her one time. No way. Yeah, it happened. Uh, but <laughs> I, I I wouldn't have like had the career I did without my short game. I was kind of a shorter hitter, but straight. That's but, what counts, right? But, yeah, one of my friends I grew up playing with said I could get up and down out of a toilet. So, <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. But, uh, yeah, definitely chipping and putting was my forte. I mean, I like going. If I can shoot a round of golf, and for me, a round of golf, like everybody else, is actually 18 holes. But if I cannot lose a case of golf balls, mm-hmm. like that's, that's good for me. It, I remember I hit one straight at – our golf club back home just on the driving range that's where I spent most of my time I hit it straight I started screaming and yelling jumping up and down it was the straightest I ever hit a golf ball and like some of the guys are like shh I'm like yo my bad bud I apologize so I mean I know you kind of I think that's the thing about golf is that it'll drive you absolutely crazy trying to master it but then you hit that one shot that just kind of keeps you coming back you know but- I'm I th- and I don't, th- and I think too, like especially for people that are just kind of learning and getting started, uh, nine holes is probably <laughs> plenty. And then, um, and even too, I tell you know when I used to teach some ladies and junior players, like even if you can make the hole shorter starting out, you know, it's kind of like you you will enjoy it more if you gradually work your way up to eighteen holes from the back tees or whatever it is. No, I'm with you. No, for me, it was just all about, like, hanging out. Golf was – how do I want to say this? Golf for me was just, like, the funsy, let's go around, drive a golf cart, throw back some frosty ones, mm-hmm. and just enjoy yourself. Well, and I, th- I think – I mean, for the majority of people that play, that's what it is. You know, it's a very much social game, and the great part about it is is that you can play it till you can't walk really i mean there's stories of people shooting their age in their 80s i mean so it's just i don't know i think it's it's something that if you can enjoy it and kind of go out with your buddies or whatever and and play i think it you can do it for a very long time i shoot my age now but as i say early like through the front six <laughs> and that's is no bueno for me yeah. I just go and have fun, and I just hope that I don't slow up either the people I'm playing with or the people behind me. Yeah, well, that's what it's about anyways. I agree. Coach, I know you got things to do today. I really appreciate your time and coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Anytime. I'm going to bring your ladies on here in a second. Fans, you'll get to meet Raga Kristen's daughter and Riley Markham. We'll be back. Fans, we are now joined by what I have dubbed the R&R sisters. I should have asked them first before I even said it as they start laughing, as we have Raga Kristen's daughter and Riley Markham. Ladies, first off, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Hey, no worries, no worries. You guys have been the main players on Coach's team so far on just this magnificent run that you guys have been. Raga, we'll start with you as the graduate student leader of the team. The grandma. I mean, I wasn't going to go that far. <laughs> By far, Grandma. <laughs> Riley's over here literally about to lose it. Um, you know, just talk about how the team has been and what you've been trying to instill in some of the younger players. Me and the Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I'm the oldest one by far. Uh, I came into this 
if you really wanted to, A, I wanted to prove, like, play well on the golf course, but more so I wanted to build relationships off the <laughs> I'm still laughing at the grandma <laughs> comment. I'm sorry. <sighs> all right, all right. <sighs> build relationships. Let's go. <laughs> As I said, I wanted to play well on the course, obviously, but I wanted to build relationships off and have a really close-knit group for my last year at least, and I think we've accomplished that. We're probably the closest team that I've had my five years. All of them, I mean, we're all good friends. We all hang out together. And and then I think that feeds into the golf course. We we care about what other people shoot. We care about how other people are doing both on and off the course. So having that set that going into the run that we had this fall doesn't really surprise me because we're that good of group, both as players and then as people as well. How about you, Riley? No, I totally agree. Um, I think we have a special group on this team, and I've said it even on my Instagram profile. <laughs> um, every tournament, you know, I just can't stress the fact that, like, we're all so close, and it, and, I mean, it really does have an impact on and off the golf course. Most people think of golf as an individual game, but, like, as I hear you guys talk, I mean, there is that team element to it, and it sounds like you guys pretty much have that one, like, locked up, making sure that you're – you know, taking care of your, you know, your teammates and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if we have a coach does this to us and have a Saturday morning practice, <laughs> we <laughs> go to brunch afterwards, like go get lunch, whatever, and just hang out. Yeah, the popular spot for dinner is um, Olive Garden, <laughs> also I mean, known as the OG. <laughs> the OG. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it, and it's the Olive Garden. I mean, when you're there, you're family. Olive Garden, if you're listening, okay? Sponsorships, <laughs> kicking it with the Colonels. We'll get uh, some, you know, primetime golfers over there. Um, Raga, we'll go to you real quick. You said this is your fifth year, and since you got here, you have done a fantastic job. OVC Freshman of the Year, four-time All-Conference We've transitioned in from the OVC to the A-Sun, three-time A-Sun Golfer of the Week. I mean, any, do you expect any of this when you came over from Iceland? No. Full honesty, no. I mean, I appreciate honesty. That's what I'm all about here. <laughs> I, just starting off my freshman year, getting freshman of the year came as a surprise. I was fortunate enough to win one event my freshman year, but I didn't feel like I played that well. So getting freshman of the year was kind of like, okay, you somebody noticed something that I did. And then after that, it was kind of just built build on it. And just I've gotten slowly, slowly better. And I think I've gone from probably 77 average my freshman year to I think we got 70.8 or something this semester. So That one, I, I hadn't gotten there yet <laughs> because Kevin hadn't got me that. Um, not his fault. <laughs> I just didn't ask. I was reading bios and just checking things. But, no, like you said, like your stroke average has gone down. Make sure I'm saying it right because I know it goes that way in golf. Yeah. Like you said, about 78 your freshman year. Last year you led both the team and the Ohio Valley Conference with just south of a 73. So you're taking about two strokes off a year. How does one do something like that? Like what do you work on in order to lower your stroke average? Mm. There's a lot of work ethic. And it's just making time outside of practice to go do your own thing. Okay. And, like, for me, coming coming from Iceland, we don't have that long of a season. I bet. <laughs> so, 
come here is like, oh, I, I got green grass pretty much all year. I can go play. So that was, I was just going to go play. What was the hardest thing for you? I haven't forgot about you, Riley. I'm not ignoring <laughs> you. I'm not ignoring you. Take your time. Um, word up. Um, what was the hardest thing for you as an international student coming from Iceland here to the United States? Different culture, for sure. No, I've been there. No, I mean, for me, it was a little bit different. Like, I grew up on a military base overseas, so I mm-hmm. still had a lot of, like, the American within side the military community. But for someone who is straight, what we call the economy, you know, yeah. living amongst the locals, mm-hmm. that just sounds so bad as I <laughs> said it out of my mouth, um, the locals. Um, but then you come here. So really just the culture. I imagine there's a lot of things that are different between Iceland and the U.S. I mean, culture, food. I think the biggest example I can give, and I've said this before, is just keeping the door open for somebody. It doesn't happen at home. No. You, you just open the door and you walk in and you just close it behind you. Here you wait maybe 15, 20 seconds <laughs> to keep the door open for the next person. You <laughs> might walk in the door. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I've always been a door holder. Like I try to leave it open for people. Just everybody should come in anywhere. I'm trying to instill that in my three-year-old son. Not cooler than watching a three-year-old boy hold door opens for the ladies as they come walking through. And then he'll literally say, after you, miss. <laughs> so it's uh, it's – I, I completely understand what you're saying. We'll come back to you, Raga. We're going to switch over to Riley for a second. Transfer from uh, Western Kentucky. Yep. You're local-ish, Scott County, Georgetown. Yep. What's it like for you playing a smidgen closer to home? Well, it definitely helps with um, the ho- me being a homebody. You know? <laughs> um, Western was a good two hours from home, and just having you know home 30 minutes now, it's it takes a bunch of – external stress off and just being able to see my family you know and then going home to have a dinner or do laundry (laughs) Um, if I needed to is great the number one junior golfer in the commonwealth in high school what was that like um I mean I I don't really have words for it (laughs) um it was it was surreal I um Playing golf in high school, I never really had an idea that it was, you know, I was in that position. Um, but I also um, had a lot of competition um, with my year. Um, and I gained some confidence, skill, and friendships from it. So it's just, it's, it was an amazing experience. Your first collegiate event at Western's, the last time we're going to talk about the Hilltoppers here. That's okay. <laughs> Word up. Um, you were named Conference USA's Golfer of the Week with a second-place finish. Like, what's that like going out first time and essentially crushing it? I mean, you did come away with the win, but, I mean, top two, that is extremely impressive. You know, it was um, – I had um, quite a bit of confidence in um, going into my freshman season at Western um, – playing AJGA and eventually finally meeting a goal of winning an AJGA, you know, it it just boosted my confidence. So I went in to this tournament thinking, you know, well, I mean, if I can do it anywhere else, I can – hopefully I can do it here, you know. And um, I just – I didn't start off the um, – one of my rounds great down there. I actually started off with a, a double and then um, just, you know, I – told myself, like, well, I'm here to play golf and represent the school I'm at, so 
get your head together. <laughs> and um, it, you know, 30s just came along, and essentially finishing within the top two was just, it was amazing. I really enjoyed it. Well, I mean, I love watching you guys go out and play. Like both of you, you know, Rog, I've had a couple years to watch you guys. Um, Riley, I look forward to getting out there and actually seeing you you know, tear up the links and things like that. But I am just, I'm literally in awe. Like I said, I was joking over here. You guys are talking about, man, I'm getting all upset about doubles and th things like that. Bro, if I double bogey, I am having fun. Okay. If I birdie, I never play golf again. Like I will walk away right then and there. Um, I would probably break a golf club or two. I would never be allowed back at whatever course I hit that hole in one in. Either one of you got one of those? I have, yeah. Once They're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Hole in one. All the time. <laughs> what was that like? Well, like when you hit those, you said one apiece? I've had one, yeah. I've had one, yeah. Well, I mean, whole par threes, right? Yeah. yeah. Not not to judge, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's I just find that's where most hole in ones come at. Nice. Would be a par three. This is from a golf novice. So anybody who's hit one on a four or five, yo, word up, and my bad. <laughs> Um, you know, I didn't, um, I got my first hole-in-one at, um, uh, Pinehurst number six, uh, during the North-South Junior, and I didn't even see it go in the hole, <laughs> which is funny because, I mean, you can see the hole from the tee easily, but I had a hard time seeing it, so I hit the shot, and, you know, and I was like, well, I mean, hopefully that's pretty close, <laughs> um, it takes one, it hits and then takes one hop and then just rolls into the cup. And I turn around and like throw my hands up and look at my dad. I'm like, did it go in? <laughs> you know, and it was just, I was shaking like for the next three holes because of the adrenaline and stuff. But it was something I will never forget. Oh, I bet. Raga. Yeah, mine was last year during team match play out of Gibson Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Coach mentioned that she outdrove me earlier. I'm about to say, is this the uh, outdrive when this happened? Yes. Okay. Hour later, I made hole one. Hey, I mean, it sounds like you got the better end of that deal. I did. I mean, hole Unfortunately, one? we were not playing against each other. Oh, because then you could really let her have that. Because she was <laughs> quick to let us know that she outdrove you. Oh, I know. She took video evidence. <sighs> She's not going to let me forget it. Oh, I bet. She has the evidence. I <laughs> <laughs> she accidentally sent it to me. Coach. So she's over there just throwing her hands up, ladies and gentlemen. This is where I wish we had a video podcast. You can see the coach's face. She's like, what do you want from me? Of course I'm going to do that to my star player. Yeah, I'll drive her. Psh, I'm going to let her know. It's amazing, though, because I imagine, like, bowling is my, I don't want to say off game to, like, disrespect the bowlers or the golfers. But it's not necessarily part of the major four that everybody thinks about. So I'm not surprised, like, Riley, you were able to, like, course, hole, what was going on when I hit my hole in one. Like, Rog, you were the same thing. Yo, Gibson Bay, match play. Psh, I got that. <laughs> no it's like, no problem. I imagine that's, I mean, those are those things that you literally just hold on to, and you will never forget that. And, uh, yeah, I hope one, yeah, I'll probably never be able to enjoy something like that like you guys can. It's just not my style. Um <laughs> Raga, I'm going to switch back to you for a second. This year, you were uh, represented your country in the Spirit International Amateur Golf Championship. Um, first off, what was that like playing against just such an in, like, international talent? So much fun. I mean, 
during the summer I get to play against some of the top European players, but coming over playing against the top American players, I mean, it was so much fun to pair up my game against against them and seeing where my game stands going forward into my last semester. So hopefully getting ready for pro golf afterwards. So just knowing where I stand was was good fun. Iceland finished 13th in that. You finished in the top 30, 28th overall. I know that's you don't like those numbers. You prefer <laughs> like 10 or lower. Um, but still, that's just a feat all on its own, especially because golf is very much an international game. Yes, very you know, much. so you being able to finish top thirty in essentially the world at the amateur level—that's very impressive. I appreciate that. Yeah, I was top thirty for men's and women's category. I think it was top fifteen for women's category. Okay, look at you. I'll talk to Kevin. Make sure he's putting that in there, man, because I didn't see that. Kevin, I know you're going to be listening to this. You're hitting the ball much better now than you were your freshman year. Who has helped you the most through that? And like you said, I know it was your work ethic and things like that, but can you attribute any of that to anybody just assisting you along the way? Because I imagine golf, while it can very much be a head game, you do rely on caddies, outside voices to help you out. So, like, who do you turn to the most when it comes to that stuff? One person, Coach Moore. She outdrive you, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's awesome. I bet you, you're not just saying that because she's here, right? No. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, she has helped my game so much. Came in my sophomore year. That's how old I am. <laughs> I'm the only one that's been here longer than her. That's true. That's how old that's I am. That's very true. So, yeah, she came in my sophomore year. It was, it was funny because I wasn't even in the country when she started. I was over in Ireland playing for Iceland. I, I remember texting her. I was like, hey, Braga, nice to meet you. I'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> that was an awesome text message exchange right there. Probably. <laughs> Coach, so good to meet you. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be your I don't know, anchor. Is that how it works? I know in bowling your best goes last. Is that how it is, or does golf, like your best, your number one, they tee off first? It's last. What last? Yeah. 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 Okay. Last. Okay. So it's nice to know that those things relatively stay the same. Now, Riley, come back to you. It's your first year here, and for whatever reason now, I mean, EKU's breaking records and taking names. Um, you've helped out with some of those. You now own the single round record with, I think it was a 64? Yes. 64? Yep. She's like, yeah, 64. You better get that right. Um, what, what was happening for you when you were going through that? Because that was at uh, the Lady Red Wolves Classic, right? Yes. Yep. Um. Honestly, I was just playing golf that day, you know. I the that day we were playing thirty six holes in the first round, which is the round that I did it in was it was gonna be a tough day, um, regarding the conditions we were playing in. So I was just trying to mentally prepare myself, you know, and just as coach says, you know, don't focus on the negatives and just and don't like get ahead of yourself, you know, so I was just trying to stay calm and stay in the moment, and eventually it led to having six birdies back-to-back. <laughs> six. <laughs> six! But, uh, I mean, yeah, I was just out, I, was, I think it's one of the calmest rounds I've played in a while. So, for you guys as golfers, when you're in the zone like that, okay, 
does the cup seem bigger? I mean, I know I know it's the same size, but for me, like when I was playing baseball, like the catcher's mitt seemed a little bit bigger, or when I bowl, like when I'm in the zone, like the pocket where I need to go just mm-hmm. seems bigger. Is that what it is, or is it more like off the tee box and on the fairway? Is that where that stuff? I think it's everywhere. everywhere yeah. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the hole definitely does seem bigger. Um Especially, like, if you're making inside 12 feet every time, it's going to seem like it's <laughs> a three <laughs> feet. Humongous, yeah. Yeah, you know, and um, and then I just, I believe, you can add on to this if um, you want, but I just think the confidence everywhere just makes everything seem easy. I mean, it's not easy, but, you know. No, it's 100 like, I knew what you meant. It makes it seem just more relaxed and not yeah. as tense. Yeah. I agree with that. So... We talked about, like, golf, everyone tends to think of it as an individual game, but there's the team aspect of it. Raga, when you see Riley hitting the ball like that, does that help you? Absolutely. I remember <laughs> I was playing behind her when she shot 64. I, I saw all of a sudden that her group was, like, way ahead of me. <laughs> then I catch up to her after we finished the first 18, and we're waiting on some <laughs> tee box. <laughs> we're waiting on some tee box. And I asked her, I was like, what'd you shoot? Like, four or five? She goes, man, I shot 64. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, she's like, would you shoot 68 and off 64? <laughs> I, shot, I, I was happy. I shot 68. And she yeah. goes, I shot 64. <laughs> it's just all calm, nonchalant. <laughs> yep, 68. I got that beat. <laughs> I hit six birdies in a row. Where are you at? I'm, I'm just impressed. As you said, like the skill level that you guys have brought this year, not just the single round record, but twice, twice you have broke the school's team 54 round record. You did it the season opener hitting 861. And then again at the Lady Red Wolves Classic where you knocked three strokes off of that at 858. Again, when stuff like that happens, like I am just dumbfounded by these numbers because, again, for those like – I'm shooting 64 in the front six, okay, or the back six. Any six holes, I'm, like, I'm swinging 60 times. Like, and I just, when you guys do that, do you just want to keep going? Like, do you not want to stop playing golf? Yeah, no. I don't want to stop. <laughs> um, going back to Arkansas, when she told me she shot 68, I'm like, all right, we got this. We got 18 more holes. Let's just keep it going, you know. And after that 18 – we both played well again, and then um, our other teammates played well, and I was ready for another 36. <laughs> I wasn't. She said well, no. Not, not like, you know, mentally, not physically, because it's tiring. Yeah. Oh, no, I bet. I mean, you guys don't have caddies. I watch you. You carry your own clubs and or push them with um, your guys' carts. I'm waiting for at some point to let you guys actually have a golf cart. Oh, we did. Yeah. You guys had a golf cart? In, in Spartanburg. <laughs> okay. Um, it comes out, yeah. In the late fall tournaments, we get probably a golf cart for the 36 holidays. That and, was and early, great. <laughs> early spring tournaments, we get usually carts because it's daylight. That's my favorite part of golf, though, is just driving a golf cart. Yeah. The key element is to get a single cart, not to share with somebody else. <laughs> oh, of course. You just drive by. <laughs> okay, there's a story behind this. There has to be. And uh, we're going to get that right now. <laughs> it's just so much easier. There's no single story, but it's just so much easier. Because it's just you and the golf cart. Yes. 
I agree. For me, I can go full on Icelandic if I'm by myself. I bet you that is amazing. Yes. I would want to ride shotgun for that one. <laughs> 110%.'Cause that's like she used it as a verb, like a full on Icelandic. <laughs> that I would have to see. Now, nobody gets this good just by playing in high school and things like that. So I imagine both of you started golf at a very young age. Yeah, I was six. Um, oh, five or six, yeah. Yeah, I was, well, I mean, I picked up a golf club when I was really little, but I didn't really start until I was about five or six and then competitively started playing about seven or eight. Okay. Now, is do either your parents play? Is that where it came from or it's just golf? I mean, because I got bowling from, like, my parents, so normally that stuff gets handed down. No, neither of my parents play. Really? The ball would go backwards if they <laughs> hit it. Actually has happened. My dad. That's uh, <laughs> My dad played for fun, you know, and he also played in some, like, pro-am things. And um, I don't think he really had an idea of his daughter playing golf when I was little um, because I – Threw a temper tantrum in a store wanting a, a set of Tiger Woods kids clubs. Uh-oh. <laughs> so my mom actually had to talk him into it, and that's essentially how I started. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if there's a brand, I mean, right now, that's one of the bigger brands in golf, you know, Tiger Woods handling business. When did you guys know, I mean, you started playing, but when did you guys know that you wanted to do this, like, help you get into college and rock it sounds like you have the ambition right now in the drive like you want to try to play pro for a while kind of like coach Moore was doing yeah like when did you guys know that I'm gonna say sitting here not necessarily here on kicking it with the colonels <laughs> but here at the division one level you know basically outside of like one step down from the absolute pinnacle of your game being a professional golfer for me I was probably 15, 16, I was playing team handball, Olympic handball. Olympic handball. I should say. I got. <laughs> <laughs> That's news for me. <laughs> I, look at this, bitch. Getting new information to her teammates. <laughs> and I got, I was, it was during a national team practice in Olympic handball, and I got injured. I tore my ligament in my thumb. And it was that time I was like, man, I miss golf way more than I miss handball. So kind of stopped playing handball, really. Just got all into golf. I got called maybe once or twice if they needed somebody to fill the team for handball, but other than I got better things to do. <laughs> that's what you're like. Hey, but I'm still four-time Icelandic champion team handball. Oh, that's pretty good. So That is, that is pretty good. boss, actually. And yeah. not just, like, team handball. She said Olympic handball. Yeah. That's another step. <laughs> um, I had always when I first started I knew I was going to have a passion for the game so I always had aspirations with it um but I really think that I started realizing the work ethic and the dedication that it was going to take to play college golf and especially D1 college golf um I I think I made that decision probably close to 11 or 12. Okay Um, that's early so yeah, it's it's early, but it it also prepared me f- to you know to practice how I'm going to need to practice to you know, and just the dedication to everything it takes to get to this level, you know. Hence the number one junior female golfer in the Commonwealth. Retweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I've always had a passion for it, and it's just it it's helped me a lot. 
couple questions off the links now before we wrap this up. Raga, you've said we're, you're in your fifth year graduate degree now, working on that. Majored in finance. You're going for your MBA. Now, like all of us are going to have our fingers crossed that you have a healthy, long, professional career. Appreciate representing that. both Eastern Kentucky and Iceland yep. on the LPGA. Yes, sir. Should that not pan out? What do you want to do? That's a great question. She's like, I don't know. <laughs> right now it's pro golf or nothing. Pretty much. But like plan B, honestly, I have my MBA hopefully to fall back on in a few years. And I've always been a very analytical person. Mm-hmm. I've, numbers come fairly easy to me. So probably something with business or any kind of bank or something like that. Okay. It's going to be me. Riley, you are going for a nursing major, just a sophomore. It's your first. You transferred here in the spring, but you couldn't play. So it's your first year playing golf, second year in college, nursing. Yes. Any particular – I know nursing is just such a broad, like, pediatric nursing. Well, um, I have – I wanted to get a functional degree, you know, and I've also enjoyed medicine and just everything that it has to do with helping people and saving lives, you know, and um, – I've been thinking about this a lot, <laughs> actually, <laughs> lately. Um, I've also had aspirations, like I mentioned earlier, of, in, about going pro. And then, of course. Um, having that functional degree, if I were to fall back on it, I think I'd want to be a surgical nurse. Um, and then if I wanted to expand um, knowledge and go and get a master's or um, graduate school, I would want to probably go to medical school and become a doctor. So I'm just, I'm trying to use it to um, essentially help me <laughs> pursue the, the goals that I want in the future. Absolutely. Now, I mean, you said medical school, so obviously it's something you thought of. Have you thought of a medical school or are you just thinking still co- try to stay home? Maybe UK for medical school as much as we don't well, like to talk about that school. <laughs> Well, you know, getting into medical school is um, an accomplishment in itself, and I would be appreciative if I could get into any medical school, but if I had to prefer, it probably would be UK just because of how close it is to um, where I live, and I could stay home and drive 15 minutes and be be to class, you know, and um, again, take the stress of the homebodiness off you know <laughs> well that, and that no that makes sense because that actually kind of leads me into like another question Faraga. like you know we said like the culture thing was one of the hardest transitions but for somebody like Riley who can pick up the phone at any time and call her parents like I was kind of where you were when I first moved to the states like you got to schedule phone calls with your parents because of the time difference yep. is that is that like a struggle? I mean, not having – I mean, your team is your built-in support, but, you know, there's nothing like your mom or your dad. No, that's true. Um, I've been very fortunate, though. My parents – well, my mom loves to travel. So <laughs> you've met her a few I times. I have met her a few times. <laughs> She's actually in Richmond right now. No way. She is. We should have had her on the show, too. <laughs> so I've been very fortunate. She loves to travel, so she tries to come over at least once a semester. Um. But other than that, I'll I'll try to call her maybe in the morning, and then I call my dad during the evenings. Okay. Because like he can go off on 
tantrums and talk for like an hour about I that. I just called my dad about how to get my car fixed at Toyota. Really? <laughs> yeah, like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't do that. I just fix things myself. There you go. I mean, I give, I, I keep mechanics in job security. I know how to check my oil and check my tire pressure. Hey, I do know how to do those. See, well, those are essentials. Easy. We need to bring that to our teammate. She needs to know how to handle her tire pressure. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> we won't find out which one they're talking about because that's just rude. Well, she will know. Oh, I mean, I imagine she would know who you guys are talking about. But we don't have to let the world at large know no, that no, no. it is, you know, Jane Doe. Or, I mean, I'm trying to be nice and not read off another name from the roster in case I accidentally get it right. That's hilarious. <laughs> that one, I would roll over. <laughs> Well, ladies, I know you guys have things to do, and we are approaching our time. I, once again, cannot thank you enough for hanging out with us. I think, by far, this was one of the most, like, laugh-filled episodes in the history of uh, Kicking It With The Colonels. And we're four episodes deep. (laughs) She's lost it with that one, too. I know She's like, that's it. I've done checked out with this guy. I can't win him anymore. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate the time. And uh, once again, I cannot end an episode without sending a shout out to my man, Matt Phelps, our executive producer, holding it down on the ones and twos, making sure that my voice does not overpower everybody else's. Fans, we hope to see you again on another episode of Kicking It with the Colonels.